0: welcome to your breakthrough blueprint i'm your host becky oste a trauma-informed marriage coach after a decade of failed efforts i transformed my marriage parenting business and health in just six months i learning how to repair my nervous system and move trauma out of my body and now i'm here to help you do the same thing get ready to hear inspirational stories and walk away with tangible guidance on how to design your blueprint to your breakthrough life
1: Hey guys, welcome back to another solo episode. Today, I would love to guide you into learning how to navigate big decisions that overwhelm our nervous system's ability to decide. And so with this episode, I'm going to break this up into three pieces. First, we're going to discover what from our past has been written in our subconscious decision-making blueprint. Second, we're going to curiously observe the ways we're currently reacting to the reality of these big decisions. And third, we'll play with what you might want to keep and what you might want to erase or rewrite so that your future best highest vibing Crazy wise, healthy and whole self will thank you for taking this quick 30 minutes to make sure the blueprint you've got is actually leading to where you know you're meant to be so that you can be someone who makes confident decisions, completely trusting yourself, your gut, your intuition, instead of living in this tortured space of being so back and forth, on the fence, unsure, wishy-washy. I get it. We're going to dive into all of it. So Before we dive in, I do want to paint a picture for us. This idea of a decision-making blueprint, what I mean by this is, the truth is we've all got a blueprint for every area of our lives, for our money, our marriages, our business, our health, you name it. And yeah, we've got a friggin' blueprint for the way we make decisions too. So what I mean by this is the word blueprint. Think of an architect. The blueprint is the detailed drawing, and whatever is on that blueprint, on that paper, that's what's going to decide what the final product looks like, the final structure, building, or whatever it is. And so in life, our blueprints are like subconscious set points. It's a combination of the past, so the problems, the trauma, the things that we have historically Experience that have overwhelmed our nervous systems that our body has kept the score of throughout the entirety of our lives. The subconscious blueprint also includes the present, the healing path that we're currently on, or new knowledge we've learned, skills we've developed, and active rewiring that we are engaging in. And it also includes the future, so our goals, plans, dreams, visions, and strategies These are all the ingredients that make up our subconscious set point or blueprint. Now, I'm not going to deep dive today into all the science and different functions of our brain, but for simplicity's sake, you can think today of our brain as having these two basic programs that we can tap into. Our sage brain, this is our grounded, conscious, higher, wiser, intuitive self, and our survival brain our threatened, constricted, limited, reactive ego just trying to protect us based off of all the past hurts that our body has remembered. And the cool thing is, if you're listening to this episode, is you're among the rising few who are learning how to make more and more decisions from your sage brain, from a higher wisdom that the reactive state that's allowed you to survive through your childhood and majority of your adulthood You've realized it's no longer serving you, and you're tapping into a new way of living and making decisions. You know, like all of us in this podcast community, we've made it through our high school phase. <laughs> we've all experienced our first broken heart. We've all gone astray in some form or another as young adults and maybe older adults, but are finding out or have found out what it feels like to live a life that feels so terribly unaligned. And here we are learning how to really step into our true essence, live a life that's aligned and authentic and anchored. And so the more aware we become of our survival brain and what that sounds like, the more aware we become of our sage voice and what she sounds like, This is where we tap into limitless potential for an empowered, purposeful, satisfying, and deeply joyful life. So let's deep dive. What is your decision-making blueprint? If our blueprint is a combination of our past experience, present-day tools for management, and future goals, let's go for a little ride through these three today. So let's take, for example, the stressful decision of should I stay or should I go in my current relationship? This is the most common one with the women that I work with, and it's been coming up so much lately, not just with my clients, but in my podcast and Instagram community. And so I actually had a totally different plan for today's podcast. And I trashed it to bring you this because anytime something is that common and recurring, I know it's a collective message that many other people need to hear as well. So I'm going to use this example today, this question of should I stay or should I go, just to put some flesh on the idea of how to make daunting decisions. Okay, let's do it. So let's discover what from our past has been written in our subconscious decision-making blueprint. And we'll start... Just by noticing right now, wherever you're listening, noticing with curiosity what our body today is keeping the score of. So I invite you to go ahead and scan your body right now and just notice without judgment what feels tight, constricted, maybe achy or painful, and then notice your breath. This weekend, I did my first ever deep, like one hour somatic breath work session. I've done somatic breath work over the past year on like a increasing level, but the most I've done is like 10 minutes at a time. The breath has been one of the biggest things that was constricted for me when I came into somatic work. And so it's been one of the hardest things to heal and open. But this session was insane, guys. And one thing that he said, I'll share more in detail. It's like another story for another time, another topic. But one of the things that he said as we began breathing, deep breathing, was if you're afraid of your breath, you're afraid of your life. And I just thought that was so profound and resonated as truth for me because I really do believe our breath is a mirror to how we're navigating life. So if we feel like it's constricted and shallow, we might ask ourselves, like, does our life right now feel constricted or overwhelming or are we only talking about things on a surface shallow level and if our breath is something that scares us that if we're you know scared of that we might even ask are we afraid of facing the reality of our own life and i think for a lot of us that would be a yes right now if we're going through a turbulent season so why do we start here with our body with our breath the body remembers all the trauma we've survived even if our brain forgets this might be easiest to see is if you've ever gotten in a car accident. I totaled my car in college. I was coming onto my college campus and this um, other car came out of the parking lot to my right and T-boned me and my airbags went off and, you know, got brought to the hospital in a stretcher. And ever since then, for years, anytime I saw a car coming out of the right side window, I would Flinch, right? I would be like, ah, like I would get scared. I would remember. So, our body remembers all the trauma we've survived, even if we try to shove it under the rug, even if we try to forget or not talk about it. You know, our body remembers. It's also important to start with our body because you may have heard me share this on other episodes, but we've all got internal messages constantly flowing up and down our spine through the vagus nerve, which is like the superhighway of information that is from the base of our skull to the bottom of our spine. And these messages, they're biodirectional. They go from our brain to our body, body to our brain. But get this, 80% of those internal messages are body programs trying to communicate with each other at all times. 80% go from our body to our brain and only 20% go from our brain to our body. So what that means is with big decisions, most of us try to outthink our own thoughts. We try to talk it out until we arrive to a conclusion. We vent to friends. We ask for input. We listen to podcasts. We read books. We deep dive the world worldwide web of Google searches to try to find the answers to life's most overwhelming problems. And none of those things are bad, but it's only tapping into the 20% of the way our body communicates with itself. And so if you're constantly still back and forth or indecisive or can't find clarity, it's not that you're broken or a loser or, you know, defective in some way. It's just you're only tapping into the 20%. If you want to make a big decision, starting with your body is working with the 80%, learning to regulate your nervous system, move trauma out of the body. This is going to be where your ability to hear your own intuition really comes into play. And so we start just with that simple noticing of, well, what is going on with my body right now? What physical symptoms am I experiencing? I like to nickname our physical symptoms, our sage symptoms, because this is the language with which our body attempts to communicate with us. We may not be fluent in that language yet, but it is simple enough that we all can learn it, the language of our own bodies, and it's unique to every single one of us. It's not rocket science. It's actually very intuitive. I wouldn't say I'm a super smart person. I was a pretty average student. I almost failed physics and statistics in college. So (laughs) I promise if I can learn this stuff, you can too. See, in the Western world, we don't treat physical symptoms like wise messengers coming to tell us something exceptionally insightful about our own self-actualization. Instead, we view them more like pesky mosquitoes, like, ah, stupid headache, go away, or ah, uh, my stomach hurts or my hips are sore, like so annoying. What are you doing here? And this is where I lived for years. I was terrorized, tortured by the decision in my marriage of should I stay or should I go? You should have seen my journal entries. Just even from a couple years ago, I was saying stuff like, God, my nervous system is screaming at me. I just don't know what to do. Please tell me. And so many entries like that gaining no clarity at all, begging for it. But this is when I stumbled upon the course that taught me how to move trauma out of my body. And in eight weeks, I had the clarity I'd been searching for for a decade. And maybe you understand it. Maybe it's like, okay, my body is screaming at me. My nervous system is on fire. And when you think about it, it's like, yeah, how are any of us supposed to make a major life decision about our marriage when our body is... Screaming at us. Like all I could see, hear, and feel was noise. I kept asking for clarity, but the more I ignored or attempted to numb out all these physical symptoms, or just didn't know that they were trying to communicate some wise advice to me, the louder they got. The bigger the headaches, the more concrete the muscle tension, the more frequent the panic attacks, the insomnia, the eczema outbreaks, the rumination for me. You get the picture. And the louder my body screamed at me, the more confused I became. So bless my best friend during that time for her patience of bearing with me, being so wishy-washy and begging her to tell me what to do for years. But she wisely refused and continued to point me back to my own healing and intuition so I can make an empowered decision for myself, not let somebody else decide my life. There's some extra gold right there. Get yourself a friend like that. So We start with the body so we can discover what from our past has been written in our subconscious decision-making blueprint, noticing what our body's keeping the score of. I will never forget the first night that my husband moved out when we decided it had come to a point where separation was the best option for us, that the dance had just become too toxic between us, and we weren't sure if our marriage was salvageable, and I remember that first night he moved out and the silence of his footsteps, not being in the home, not, you know, hearing his voice, not feeling his energy or his presence. That was the most excruciating part for me. And what I didn't have words for at the time but can see now really clearly is it reminded me of that excruciating silence of my dad disappearing from my life from this earth. If you haven't heard my story, my dad passed away when I was 18, suddenly of a heart attack. And it was that same feeling of this man that was the most important man in my life. All of a sudden, I can't touch him. I can't hear him. I can't see him. And I remember my heart literally hurting, like my chest, but deeper, my breath was I, I felt like I couldn't breathe. And another thing that I didn't know then that I know now is this area, the the heart chakra, it's our heart programming, it's our breath, it's this chest area, it's associated with grief and heartbreak. And so learning how to complete grief and move that trauma out was a major piece of me clearing away just energetic blocks enough to be able to finally hear the quiet still whisper of my own intuition. And so, of course, the decision of should I stay or should I go was an absolute threat to my nervous system because of my history My body remembered that event of my dad suddenly disappearing 15 years prior and was reliving the trauma in present day as if it was happening again in that moment. My body was screaming at me like, Becky, the closest male figure in your life suddenly disappeared. Remember, you were left alone, abandoned, disoriented, heartbroken, shattered, world turned upside down my body was like, I won't let this happen to you again. I'll do whatever it takes to prevent you from that pain again. So maybe you can relate. Maybe you've been abandoned in the past or betrayed or neglected emotionally or just felt so terribly isolated or cut off that you thought death was a more appealing option than living a life this lonely and misunderstood. Or maybe on top of this, you've also been in a relationship or spiritual community or a family where you were gaslit or emotions not validated, you know, your behavior manipulated to fit the survival of a bigger system or agenda more so than being encouraged and empowered to tune in to your body, your God, your gut. All of this can lead to a very corroded relationship with your own intuition. So bottom line, if you're indecisive, I guarantee this is zero reflection on your character. It's really not your fault. Big questions like this, is my marriage salvageable or not? It feels like a literal threat to our very existence because of whatever past pain is being triggered at the moment. But then it also feels impossible to make a decision because most of us have evolved in systems and spaces that dissolved our ability to trust ourselves and our God and rather taught us to be dependent on a million external resources or authorities for our safety. So it's very common that so many of us find ourselves in a constant state of back and forth confusion for years and decades until we're able to move that out of our bodies and teach our body how to find safety, regulation, homeostasis, and deep internal grounded roots that allow us to hear our sage brain, that quiet, calming, comforting, supportive, clear whisper Loud and clear. So, compassionate awareness is huge here. It's cliche because it's true, but awareness really is half the battle. And if you can become conscious enough to understand what your body is trying to protect you from and how collective this experience is, literally every single human on the planet with a nervous system can relate to this. You can dissolve the most potent, destructive, suffocating energy known to humans, and that's shame. You know, it's the first and biggest hurdle we all need to overcome in order to hear our own intuition in the first place. With awareness and radical self-acceptance, now we have a fighting chance to get to a place of, wow, I'm actually not broken or indecisive or wishy-washy or weak or whatever. We're name-calling ourselves or bipolar. I actually make sense. My nervous system is doing exactly what it was designed to do and I can actually thank my body for responding like this, trying to protect me. I can actually learn the wisdom it's trying to offer me and gain some significant insight into my next steps. Whew, game changer. So this is first, noticing our body, meeting our symptoms with radical self-compassion and curiosity. And sometimes it takes a coach or a guide to walk you through this process at first. But once you can learn the language of your own body and how to move trauma out, girl, you are set up for the rest of your life with a toolbox that will continue to serve you through all the biggest decisions this life throws your way. Okay, so second, let's curiously observe the ways that we are currently reacting to the reality of these daunting decisions. We tackled a bit of the past. We, we thought about our history. Now let's bring it to present. How are we currently responding to big decisions like this? You know, we've all got a stress response when we're faced with an overwhelming decision. Any stress response can be boiled down to four basic reactions, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. So what does this look like in the decision of should I stay or should I go? What fight looked like for me was... You face this decision head on with gusto. You spend every waking minute doing everything you can to prevent your relationship from crumbling. I'd scoured through books, you know, went to years of therapy groups, online searches, podcasts, talking to my friends, talking their ears off, trying to figure out the answer to my years of indecision. I was practically forcing my husband to go to counseling with me, do the programs I thought we should do. Friends and family... I remember, would mention that I just didn't seem like myself and that I wasn't happy. And I would get defensive as hell, ignoring the problems in front of me and clinging to any morsel of goodness I could come up with about our relationship you know, anything, but actually sitting with the possibility of separation or God forbid, let my husband actually express authentically the truth of his own dissatisfaction for how we were doing marriage, because I could not handle the idea of abandonment. It was too deep of a wound for me. And it was blocking the ability to actually have authentic conversations that, you know, later did lead to our repair. So that's fight. How about flight? Flight is you avoid this thing like the plague and pour yourself into anything and everything that gives you some semblance of control. For me, this looked like cleaning my house like crazy or drinking so much wine to quiet the noise in my head or going crazy into my hyper-achieving mode in my previous career where I won every prize, earned the free car, the free trips, the jewelry, the sashes, the recognition because that felt way better than the chaotic back and forth ping pong tournament in my mind. How about freeze? Here, you don't fight. You don't avoid. Instead, you don't even move. And if you do, it's in this zombie-like motion. You just feel numb, stuck, unmotivated, depressed, going through life in this like catatonic state where nothing really lights you up, eyes glazed over, people are talking to you, but you literally miss what they're saying because your head is in the clouds and you feel detached from your body. Friends are wondering where you went because you're kind of hibernating under your blanket and who could blame you when you are living this nightmare of your relationship potentially falling apart. And when you do manage to go out into society and someone asks you or you're you know, how you're doing or how you and your marriage, your partner are, you immediately just lock up. Mouth goes dry. You have no idea how to respond. This is freeze. The last is fawn. This is the least talked about one, but it's just seeking safety through acceptance, pleasing others, stuff like that. So what this looked like for me is I found myself delivering like elevator speeches to my husband for why we can make it, why we should stay together. I'd try to be so convincing and sound so confident. I would use sex to remind him of what he'd be missing out on if he went elsewhere. You know, I remember cooking his favorite meals, making sure all of his laundry was folded and put away, that the kids were taken care of, show him that I was crushing it in my business and hiding any parts of me that weren't shiny and presentable. Anything to sweep that overwhelming decision under the rug because feeling it felt like the most threatening thing ever. I felt terrorized by what people would think of me if I stayed or if I left, and it paralyzed me. I had this constant looming black cloud over me at all times that felt like the way I would explain it is, I remember saying this to friends at the time, I was like, I feel like there's just this collective sisterhood of all women looming over me, telling me that I'd be stupid to stay after how he wronged me that it would be like this self-respectable thing to do to leave. And then the other black cloud on the other side was society judging me for going through a divorce, bringing kids into the world, and then not being able to be strong enough to keep my home together. So this fawn response really threatens our primal core need as humans for love and belonging. And like I've said before, I'm convinced that the single source of all human suffering is a severed sense of love and belonging. It's what cuts us off and causes us to spiral. And yeah, it's impossible to make a decision in that space. This is what's going on present. How are we responding? How are we reacting? And I'd actually love to invite you to integrate this one to feel into the safety of your own body and ability to trust yourself right now. And so if it's available to you, I do want to invite you to lay down or sit in an upright but really comfortable position that feels good to you. And if this isn't available, no worries. You can listen along and replay later if you want when you have a couple minutes just to settle into yourself uninterrupted. But if you're trying this out with me now, feel free to settle in to whatever, whatever position feels comfortable. And maybe you're walking. That's fine, too. And close your eyes if that feels good, if it's available. And I invite you to give yourself either a pat on your shoulder or maybe a hug, maybe even a really tight hug, and just honor what bravery it took for you to listen to this episode today. I know how terrifying this can even be to approach, you know, to think about these big questions that often feel so uncomfortable and triggering. So, I invite you to acknowledge with non judgmental acceptance which stress response you can relate to when you're faced with an overwhelming decision in your life. Out of the fight, flight, freeze, and fawn, which ways do you notice your body trying to bring you to a place of safety? And maybe it's a mixture, maybe it's not just one that is normal too. You might thank your body for working so hard to protect you for all of these years. You might even tell your body that you love it, you see it, you're sorry for the ways you've ignored its signals. You might give yourself one more pat on the shoulder or a tight squeeze and say to it, I want to learn how to team up with you better, to be in harmony with you, to be at peace. So out of the fight, flight, freeze, and fawn, Which ways do you notice your body trying to bring you to a place of safety? With no judgment and just radical acceptance and curiosity, you might thank your body for working so hard to protect you for all of these years. You might even tell your body that you love it, you see it, you're sorry for the ways you've ignored its signals or just not known that it was trying to communicate with you. You might give yourself one more pat on the shoulder or tight squeeze and say to your body right now that you want to learn how to team up with it better. Let your body know, I'd like to be in harmony with you. I'd like to be at peace. Awesome. All right, let's land this plane, my friends. If your eyes were closed, blink them open. Shake it out, congratulate yourself for even just bringing that level of awareness to your own nervous system. And for the last point we're gonna talk about today, let's play with what you might wanna keep and what you might wanna erase or rewrite so that your future, best, highest, and crazy, wise, healthy, and whole self will thank you for taking this half hour to make sure the blueprint you've got is actually leading to where you're meant to be. I'm actually going to lead you through one more guided visualization for this decision that is weighing on you. So if it feels like the time and space to lean into this, again, I invite you to pick a decision that's weighing on your heart. Maybe it's a big decision like, should I stay or go in my marriage or at my current job? Or maybe it's something else like, how do I handle this situation with my child or this opportunity that's presented to me or this program that I have my eyes on? If it feels good to close your eyes again, you're welcome to do so. And whether you're walking or laying down for this or taking another seat in a comfortable place, go ahead and place your hand on your heart this time, just tuning in to an embodied level of honesty with yourself. Now, imagine you get this supernatural opportunity to visit an old, aged wise woman version of you at the very end of your life. And you know for a fact that this future you has lived her entire life to the full, entirely aligned, and now is in the last hour of her life with total peace and satisfaction in her soul. I want you to envision the scene. Where is this woman? Is she indoors or... Outdoors? Is she surrounded by anyone? Where is she living her last hour of life? What does she look like? What is she wearing? Before you even approach her, just notice the the environment, what's around her. And now, Imagine yourself getting to approach her, and she notices you walking into the room. What does she do when you walk into the room? What, if anything, do you care to ask her? What advice or message does she have to share with you? maybe it's not any words at all maybe it's just a gesture or a look or a hug and don't overthink this you know it's common to think that there's like a way to do this perfectly or approach it like a test in school but this is just streams of consciousness whatever comes up no right or wrong it's just playing with tapping into our own intuition What wisdom does this higher, wiser version of you have to offer you about this situation that you currently feel stuck in? Feel free to pause and go back later to this if you want more time just to think. But now imagine that you get to transport into a totally different scene where you get to sit with a spiritual guide that you look up to more than anyone else. Maybe it's God, maybe it's Gandhi, maybe it's Jesus or Buddha or Brene Brown or your late grandfather. (laughs) It can be anyone who comes to mind, no right or wrong. Before approaching this person, notice the space they are in. Are they outside, inside? What objects are around them? What's the temperature of the room or the space they're in? What sounds do you hear? What colors do you see? When you've got the scene painted, go ahead and approach this person or being. What does this person do when you walk into the room or into this space? What, if anything, do you care to ask them? What advice or message do they have to share with you? What wisdom do they have to offer you about this situation that you currently feel stuck in? Just listening to whatever they have to say or offer you, and then you might want to thank them and let them know you'll be back if you need them again maybe giving them a hug, thanking them for their time and their wisdom, whatever feels good to you. Letting them know you have to go. And now you're immediately transported into this last scene where for this one, ask yourself in regards to this decision, who does this decision involve or affect the most besides you? Maybe it's your husband or coworker or child or whoever. Once you have somebody, notice the space that they are in outside, inside, what objects are around them? What is the temperature of the space? What sounds do you hear? When you have the scene painted, go ahead and approach this person or this. I want you to imagine that this person just received notice of a terminal life sentence and you're on your way to go speak to them on their deathbed and you have one hour left to spend with them. What do you do when you walk into the room? What, if anything, do you wish to apologize for? What do you want to ask this person? What do you want to share with them that no longer matters that you forgive them for? What else do you want to say? And what do you wish this person would share with you? Now, letting them know you have to go, um, do whatever feels comfortable, whether it's a hug or any last words before you have to leave. And then tell them that you're grateful for their time. Any last gratitudes and let them know that you have to go. Now, whatever came up in this, just notice your body for a second, how your body feels in this moment. Is there any particular part of your body calling out to you? Maybe an area of tension, constriction, noticeable relaxation or release? How's your breath right now? You're welcome to lay here or sit here or- You know, stay here as long as you need and when you feel ready, just tuning back into my voice. I just want to say I'm so proud of you if you made it to this point in the episode. What we did just now is we really tuned into what matters the most to you. You know, so many times we can get caught up in our head and lost in rumination, and especially when it comes to an overwhelming decision that triggers our stress response. We forget our essence of who we truly are and what matters the most. And this is a way to really tune into our core values, our authentic voice, our intuition, our higher self. And so I'm proud of you. What we did today is we just gently explored how to navigate these big decisions that overwhelm our nervous system's ability to decide. We discovered what from our past has been written in our subconscious decision-making blueprint and validated why this is so hard for so many of us that have lived in spaces that didn't help cultivate a superpower available to all of us, which is the superpower of being able to trust ourselves and our God fully. And then we curiously observed the ways we're currently reacting to the reality of these big decisions, whether that was fight, flight, freeze, fawn, or a crazy cocktail of all four of them. And then we explored what we might want to keep, what we want to erase or rewrite so that our future best, highest vibing, crazy, wise, healthy, and whole self will thank us for taking this quick 30 minutes to bring awareness to the blueprint we've got And question if this blueprint is actually leading to where you know you're meant to be, to release what no longer serves, to hone in on what's actually important to us, to step deeper into our most aligned, authentic voice. Now, I know for some of us, this podcast episode will be more than enough to support you in whatever decision you're facing. And you're always allowed to come back to this one at any time for new overwhelming decisions that come up. But for many of us, I know it may take more than a podcast episode to really learn how to move this trauma out of our body in a way that is proven to expedite the process and help you avoid the common mistakes most people make just trying this on their own. So if extra support is what you're leaning into, even if it's just for this one short season of your life, I want to invite you to connect with me. You can DM me on Instagram or email me. Both of the links are in the show notes. And I'd be happy to see if and how I can help support you through this season because I know this can be really scary and isolating and confusing. So if you need extra support through whatever decisions you're faced with and, you know, if it's not me, I'll at least be able to point you into the direction of some resources that can help. So thank you for hanging out with me today. I love you and I'm genuinely just basking in some admiration right now, more than I can express for the bravery of you exploring yourself on this level. You will thank yourself for it one day. And not only you, but so will your circle, your partner, your children, your grandchildren, and generations to come for taking the chance to heal you
0: now. Talk to you next week. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I love and appreciate you so much. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and leave us a rating or review to help others find the show. To learn more about working with me or joining the I Do Breakthrough community, head over to my Instagram at Rebecca Lee Oste, where you can learn all about my program in my bio. And please send me a DM with your takeaway from today. I'd be honored to connect and know what landed for you. I hope you have an amazing day and I'll chat with you next week.